Welcome to the Russell Westcott Podcast, helping real estate investors like you acquire the inspiration, knowledge, and skills that you need to start, grow, and scale the real estate investing portfolio of your dreams. Hey guys, how's it going? Russell Westcott, brand new episode here for you. This is going to be the first repeat guest we've had on the show here, uh, by and backed by popular demand, by the way. So my good friend and business partner, Jason Mattern, who is probably one of the best kept secrets in the world of real estate investing. Quietly underneath the surface without a lot of fanfare, Jason just gets the job done. And he does it with a huge smile on his face and he does it with a laugh always. He always will have a good time when he's transacting properties and helping people transact real estate. So this is a repeat guest on the on the show. First one on the podcast, if you're listening to this on podcast, um, because Jason just has a, a wonderful depth of knowledge. Okay, so if any of you are interested in finding the first story that we told, we talked about, you know, why Edmonton? Why now? We did a little bit of a, a look into the Edmonton real estate market. So if you are interested in finding that first episode, make sure you check that one out. And today, what we did was we took a lot of the questions and feedback that came from the people that had watched the from the first episode. And we jumped into why new construction? Okay, Jason has, you know, in my personal opinion, has been one of the pioneers on doing new construction properties. And he shares with you how many properties he has helped people transact on the new construction variety. We actually go into a little bit of the backstory of how he discovered new construction. And like most backstories, it was just purely by accident of how that happened and how some new construction properties became really good rental properties. Jason and I went down the, the memory lane of sharing a few ideas. Jason shares with you his success formula, his three-part success formula for what he looks for, the lot, the floor plan, and the builder. And we dive into that as well because not every property works, okay? So you may make sure you're working with somebody who has experience in this realm because you can um, get caught and you can make some pretty big mistakes. And if somebody who doesn't know what you're doing or if you just walk into any builder's show home, they won't know what you're looking for. So it's good to have good representation from somebody who understands the new construction game, understands the investor's needs and can match that up for you. So we also did a, a pretty good detailed analysis into a case study of talking about potentially going and doing it yourself, right? There's a big strategy and a big movement out there for the burr strategy, you know, buy, rehab, refinance, rent, repeat, all those kind of things. And we actually shared with uh, in there of potentially maybe just buying something that's turnkey and done might be actually a better opportunity than going through all that, those steps and all that work. Because the one thing that I know when I talk to a lot of people that when they do those strategies is not a lot of people factor in the time and not a lot of people factor in the pain in the butt and not a lot of people factor in um, the amount of expertise and knowledge that you can do to get into almost the same type of a product at the end. And in some cases, you actually might get a better product if it's actually brand new because of under the warranty and all the kind of wonderful things. So this is a deep conversation about why new construction and why it works. And if you guys are interested in taking a next step, make sure you watch the entire video because towards the end, we're going to share with you maybe an opportunity opportunity that if you want to check out one of these opportunities. But with all that being said, guys, please help welcome to the show, Mr. Jason Mattern. Hey, everybody. How's it going? Jason Mattern, welcome back to the show. How are you doing today, my friend? Hey, Russell. Doing good. Thank you. 
Well, hey, Jay, we're, uh, you know, obviously maybe we're doing something right. We've had a lot of people reach out and have booked consultations or asking some really cool questions about what's going on. And there's been requests to have you back on on the show here. So obviously, uh, maybe we struck a chord with the first video that we put out. So why Edmonton? Why now? If you haven't watched that video, I highly encourage you to go back, find that video and watch that. This is Jason Mattern. Jason, maybe if you can give us a quick, if someone hasn't watched the first video, who you are and uh, what company you are, you are and what you're all about. Sure. Well, I tell you the 32nd tour is I am Jason Mattern. I am the CEO and founder of Triurban Real Estate. Triurban Real Estate is a real estate brokerage that focuses on new construction properties slash investment real estate. You're, and so the best way to put it is, first of all, you're a real estate investor. Would, would that be first and foremost? You're an investor. Like most of your time is spent on a day in day in and day out basis in and on your business. And you also help investors acquire good properties too at the same time. Yeah, 100% Russ. I think, you know, uh, like we discussed in the first video and we've talked about numerous times, you you have to be in it, you know, if you're not in it and and doing this on a daily basis and and really, you know, honing your craft, so to speak, it's, it's hard to help other people. And uh, I think, uh, you know, that's, that's the nature of the beast, right? Yeah, and and to be honest, you you know you believe in not talking out you know out your hat with you believe in when you give advice to somebody you're you're somebody you're I, I use the term you're a resident of the land you're not a tourist of the land like we we see an awful lot of people giving tips on investment real estate and you know we actually look behind the curtain they don't actually own any. Well, I think uh, you know I call it lead with trust. Lead with trust, Russ. <laughs> right. There's so, a mouthful. There, there's a tongue twister. Yeah. So at the end of the day, uh, a lot of the things that we look at and that we have in our business model here and that we actually talk about and that we promote are not only things that we believe in, but they're things that we've actually, you know, done, accomplished, uh, broke the trail, so to speak. Uh, you know, I would find it hard to believe, uh, you know, again, that for anyone to ethically or morally sit in front of someone and say, hey, you should be looking at this if you actually haven't uh, you know, done it yourself. And in this circumstance, if you haven't put your money where your mouth is and actually done this stuff yourself and own these things and been through it yourself. Yeah, you, right? can, you can only have a depth of knowledge to recommend something if you actually have personal experience and you've gone through the trenches to get there. I think so. No. Yeah, I think so. And, and you know what? It, it, on that note, I'm not going to say I've done everything right, you know, or it has gone smoothly for me. But at the end of the day, you know what? You you make mistakes, you learn, and those mistakes, I am 100% willing to be transparent with anyone and just share that because if I can help you through a conversation or however, not make those same mistakes, that's you know that's what it's all about. Well, that's right what's that's what wisdom is all about, right? So, so I often make the joke was when Jason, you and I both started. We we both had more hair. Well, more on you. Than more you. hair. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, no doubt. So, Jason, a couple questions have come out since that first video. So, so first of all, it actually struck a chord for a lot of people. That a lot of people were it was especially people in Toronto and Vancouver, and it busted through a little bit of a paradigm for people about uh, new construction and people were just going, well, how new construction that doesn't cash flow. And they just actually just throw it out because they don't think it will cash flow. 
Um, so let's have a little conversation here. I got a list of some questions that has come through some of the emails and some of the, the comments and the YouTube comments and things like that. So we're going to have a conversation about new construction. Um, but before we get into the specific questions, maybe if you can give me a little bit of a backstory of how you discovered new construction and how you got into this strategy. And I'd actually consider you a pioneer in a lot of this. You were doing this long before everybody was talking about it. And you started this quite a ways ago. And um, maybe just give us a little bit of the backstory about how you got started in new construction. Sure, sure. Well, it's, it's kind of a, I guess, not funny story, but maybe an ironic story that I, I literally tripped into this, Russell. It wasn't something that I, I had planned uh, I, I bought some lots from a developer back in, it was either 2003 or four. Uh, and I decided to build some side-by-side -side duplexes and you know what? I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, and I was, uh, new enough just to be dangerous, I guess, so to speak. But Hey, listen, I, I dove in, I, I, you know, analyzed, uh, you know, risk assessed and, and, and dove in, uh, when the properties were completed. I couldn't sell them for what at least I thought they were worth or what I wanted to sell them for. So I ended up putting tenants in them. And when I had advertised for tenants, the tenants came fast and furious and just the quality of the tenant. Now, now previous to that, a little bit of context to it is I had already bought, you know, some real estate and had about a half a dozen doors and I had older properties and I was facing the struggles that a lot of us were facing, you know, with older properties and, and tenants and such. And when this happened to me, it was like, whoa, you know, I, I thought it was too good to be true. And what happened is I had four side-by-side -side duplex buildings. And by the time I got, you know, to, you know, unit number four and five, I had realized that this is not just coincidence. This wasn't a one-off. This is actually the tenant profile that I'm actually dealing with with these new construction properties. So that was step number one in that whole process. Fast forward a couple of years, owning the new construction properties alongside my older ones, I had realized after a couple of years of financial statements, looking at my repairs and maintenance every year and my cash flow statements that I think I'm onto something here. It, it, you know, and I guess circling back around and I'm sure we'll, we'll tear it apart a little bit in this conversation, but it just let me realize what we, I guess, talk about today or what if people that know me and talk to me, what I talk about with the three pillars of real estate and the three big variables uh, surrounding vacancy repairs and maintenance and your management costs, we can really keep those tight in a new construction product uh, by attracting that right person. And ultimately, it allows or allowed me, I should say, to build a bank account. I wasn't putting it out for management costs or tenant turnover or repairs and, and vacancy. And, uh, you know, it allowed me to really contribute to my mortgage principal reduction every year, which eliminates debt at a record pace if you contribute extra every year, right? Yeah. Now, I know hindsight is always twenty twenty, but Jason, if you had your opportunity to go back again, would you have all your properties that you would have acquired be new construction properties? Well, there's no doubt about it. I mean, that's a 100% yes. And we're working towards that. I mean, we still own some older ones today. Uh, you know what? But the, the the market hasn't been in that transition to where we can you know, sell those. And, and actually some of those older ones, we had put uh, thousands of dollars in, in the renovations into them and, uh, you know, they're, they're holding their own, but there's no doubt about it. Anything that we're acquiring new, uh, is, is new construction and, you know, uh, almost to the tail end of that transition of getting rid of the old and, and bringing in the new for sure. Well, 
as you were just discussing that now were those first places that you built were those the ones on Westwood Lane in Fort Saskatchewan Yes sir those are the ones 131 Westwood Lane that sounds familiar. Yeah, <laughs> that well, sounds familiar. And, and the reason why I know that is because I bought two of them. You did, right? Yeah. And I believe what did I buy them for? One fifty three, one fifty three each, or one fifty five, or something like that. Well, that's almost four nowadays. Yeah. Uh, you know, those properties today are probably well, you know in the three hundred range. But well, uh, sh- shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. so, but actually, the funny, the two funny stories is I actually now that I've just remembered that I actually got into some new construction way back in the day. I guess I didn't learn my lesson soon enough because I went and bought a whole bunch of other properties after that of some older townhomes properties. I guess I should have learned my lesson way back then. But interesting to note. Um, so I, went, I don't think you had them long enough for us. Like well, I don't think you owned them long enough, really. I, yeah, I can't remember the timelines. Well, here, but. here's the real story. The whole story was I bought them at like 155, put some good tenants in there, and then I wanted to learn how to do rent to own. So I actually rent to own sold them to tenants within like six or eight Ten months. Buyers. I had a rent to own agreement for 180. Okay, I bought them for 155. I had a rent agree- agreement owned for 180. So you know, yeah, that's a good spread. I made money off of it. Um, when it came time for the appraisal that came in, the appraisal when the tenant buyer was buying it, the appraisal came in at two twenty five. So, <laughs> my tenant buyer made more money than I did on that pro- on those properties. Forty five thousand dollars with a stroke of a pen. Nice job, <laughs> oh, they, tenant buyer. Yeah, exactly. They were very motivated to make sure they closed on that transaction. Yeah, right? sure. But but yeah. I'm, I'm sitting there going to go. As we were just, you were telling that story, I'm just going, man, I'm, I was kicking myself. I actually learned this lesson a long time ago, and why didn't I keep going down that road? But I well, guess, hey, the good news, Russ, I think you're back in now. You've yeah. you've recently acquired some new construction property. I guess not recently, uh, a while ago now, and yeah. uh, I think uh, you know you've hung around me long enough, and <laughs> that and 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 now you're in, and and you see, you you feel, and you know, I guess most importantly, see the benefit on your, in your bank account and on your financial statements. Yeah, right? it, I'm, I'm full disclosure. I am 100% potentially looking at transitioning my portfolio from potentially older properties into newer properties. That's where that's depending on the numbers and depending if it makes sense. And after calculate the taxes and all that kind of stuff, it has to make sense, but I'm repositioned. Anything new I buy is brand new. Okay. Yeah. Um, and it just, it, it's night and day difference. Honest to goodness, Jay, I, I, I joke about this. I joke, but not joke. But I wish I would have learned this a while ago before. And I well, did in 2003. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, well, hindsight 2020, I, yeah. I've, I always tell people with new construction, and I want to circle back to some of the things that you asked about uh, the, the pricing of new construction in Edmonton versus some of the other municipalities, because that is an important point, because it does work in Edmonton. And from what I understand, it is a little bit of a rare circumstance, you know, uh, across the nation here. But we can we can touch on that. But I I always tell people, you know, you should be able to because everyone comes and traditionally the, the method is putting twenty percent down to own an investment property with financing and and mortgage rules and stuff. And you, you should be able to put your twenty percent down in these properties and not really have to put any more money towards them. Now, if you're going to hold it, you know, past ten years. You know, you may have some some updating and stuff like that that you're going to have to take care of. But you know, we've broken trail here. You know, in the, into a second cycle now of keeping properties. You know, five to seven years and just actually moving our equity in five to seven years. And 
uh, into another new property and keeping that property under warranty. And warranty is now 10 years. It used to be five years. It's prorated 10 years now, uh, you know, for major structural items. But, you know, and, and keeping those properties working very, very efficiently, yeah. right? It works. Well, I'll tell you what, I think that is another conversation and another video for you and I to do to lay out that strategy of potentially every five to seven years, keep moving your, essentially you buy a portfolio of them and then every five to seven years before 10 years, before some of those major things have to be replaced, you just take that portfolio and you just move it to a new portfolio into a new portfolio. And all you have in your portfolio for a course of 15 to 20 years is brand new properties. You know what? The mortgage rules allow porting of mortgages. So in a lot of cases, Russ, you're really just moving your equity sideways. Uh, you know, and again, uh, it, it's very similar to at least in a car for three years. Uh, you know, you're just turning it in and you're, you're never having to replace these tires or anything on it. It's just running very, very efficiently. You're paying for very minimal maintenance costs and, and being truthful, our, our biggest cost every year, and I'm going to knock on wood and these new construction properties has been our, uh, yard our green drop bill bill at the start of the year to to spruce the lawns up. You know they they run very efficiently. For yeah, sure. yeah. And then unlike a car lease, we're actually doing that strategy on an asset that is appreciating and not depreciating in in, in value. One hundred percent. Yeah, one hundred percent. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so so really the li- the line of questions I, I want to so thank you. I appreciate the kind of the the walk down memory lane here. I actually completely thought I forgot about those Westwood Lane properties, and I'm sitting there going, ah. Anyways, another another one of those uh, another one of those lessons in the lesson book here as well. Okay, um, so new construction. Um, so can so somebody let's say somebody's going, yeah, I like new construction. Um, it looks good for me. So can somebody just go out to any builder that they see? Like they go to a new subdivision. A lot of people like to go look at new houses. My wife and I go look mm-hmm. at new houses all the time. Mm-hmm. Can I just go up to any new, uh, new a builder and just say, I want to buy one of these houses for a rental property to do all new houses work? The short answer is no, Russ. The, not all, uh, you know, uh, floor plans, not all lots, not all areas, and not all builders work. Uh, you know, and I'll start with the lot selection. Maybe the, the, the lot is an important selection because at that stage, we're looking, uh, you know, not only at the location, there's things like fire hydrants, light standards, power boxes, you know, uh, uh, parking ability. You know, we're considering all that stuff up front, you know, before we even talk about floor plans. The other thing with a lot is we're, we're looking at what the actual build pocket is on it. Uh, you know, we've determined the actual sweet spot, if you will, of what home or floor plan best attracts the tenant at maximum rental value. So there's kind of a balance between, you know, overbuilding and getting that maximum rent. So we've determined what that floor plan size is. So we know how big a build pocket and how big a lot we actually need to accommodate that. So if you're actually looking at it from a developer perspective, a developer sells a lot by the front foot. And the average cost in the Edmonton area is probably, you know, I'll say anywhere from that uh, four to $5,000 per front foot. So if we know the perfect home size requires a 20 foot build pocket, there's no sense us buying a 22 or a 24 because that extra four feet is going to cost you an extra 16 to $20,000, which is not going to get you better return on investment. And quite honestly, your tenants probably don't want to take care of the extra yard anyhow. So that's fine. Right. So once we determine that, that's that's the lot. And then, you know, looking at the 
at the floor plans. So, I mean, the only way we've been able to determine the floor plans and work with our builder relationships to to iterate that feedback from the tenants and from the owners, you know, to make it better is, is by way of experience of diving in and trying the floor plan and saying, okay, you know what, it, here's what happened. The, 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 the issues are this. You bring that to the forefront and a lot of the issues surround, you know, privacy, noise, smell, parking is a big one, you know. So learning to take those issues or what could be potential issues or co-tenant issues in homes with secondary suites we can now design floor plans, you know, with, with our builder groups that actually eliminate, if not, you know, give the opportunity to mitigate those, those issues, future issues, right? And then lastly, you know, the, the builders, I'm, I, I might start a fire here, but not all builders are equal by any stretch. You know, there's, uh, we work with builders, period, that will work with us. And, you know, what I mean by that is, you know, as an investor, you have to have input on what's going into this. You have to have input long term. And like I say, you know, uh, working with some of our builder relationship was able to actually, you know, the work with floor plans and get a little bit better every year. And every iteration that comes out of a, of a floor plan. Yeah. I, I'm proud to say we probably have our fingerprint on that a little bit and, uh, based on experience and, and can make it better, make it better for the tenant, which is important, but also make it more efficient for us as owners to own these properties and put the cash flow where it counts on your mortgage principal reduction. Yeah. And, and, and truly, really the only way somebody can really know this or learn this is through time and experience and actually doing a lot of these. Is that not correct? Like if somebody was just doing kind of their first and they just went out and just said, Oh, new homes, I'm going to go out. Oh, there's a like subdivision. There's a somebody builder. And you know, like they just don't have the experience that somebody like yourself has gone through. Right. Yeah, 100%. And, and again, it's like anything else, Russ, if you're a dentist or if you're a farmer or, you know, you're doing anything else, public speaking, Russ, you know, anyone to go up and try and public speak for the first time, uh, you know, you're you're shaking in your boots, right? But yeah. you do it a few times, you know how to do it, you know how to read the audience. This is very similar. It's 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 a craft. Uh, you know, and I guess I'm very thankful. I, uh, as a little kid, right to today, I've always liked building stuff and being right in the thick of it. And I really, really like what I do. I'm interested. I'm really thirsty for this type of knowledge. So my favorite pastime is, is hopping in the F-150 and driving around with maps, you know, developer maps that I got, you know, tons on my desk here of knowing, you know, what's coming. A lot of times we're selecting these properties way before they're even released to the public. In a lot of cases, you know, uh, we're working with builders in their lot draws to even select the right lots up front that we can take for our investors. So can anyone do this? Sure, anyone can do it. It's like anything else. You're just going to have to know who to talk to and where to where to dig to find the information and and go and do it. And uh, it's uh, it's just that simple. Yeah, and and you know, just you, I love the way you talked about is the three things about the lot, the floor plan, and the builders. And I just know this is the process you go through. I, it's like I'll, I'll give you guys a picture. Here, picture this. So Jason gets this lot map. And he gets it and he's like a kid in a candy store. It's like Christmas. And he just goes, starts loving his hands on it. And he sees, he sees these lines and these drawings. And for most people, it'd be just sitting there going, oh my God, that's Greek. To Jason, that's like, uh, you know, a brand new, it's like a new, um, it's a blank canvas. And you would sit there and I know for a fact, what you do is you take little dots and little stickers and you put a little sticker on, this is a prime one, this is a prime one, this is a prime one. And you actually sticker which ones are the best lots for investment properties, right? 
100%. I, I hate to use the term and I use it all the time, but I, I cherry pick, right? Yeah. Because uh, those lots will just really, we can reverse engineer everything right to handing the keys over to the tenant by selecting. And Russ, you've heard me say this a thousand times is by selecting the, the, you know, the, the right area to build the right property, to place the right tenant. Yeah. And if we look at it from that perspective, it really aligns the, the whole situation to, to a successful relationship yeah. long-term with a tenant, right? Yeah. And, and your property. Yeah. And then you can just sit there, even just the floor plan and just the way that where the, the you know, you potentially where the, the windows are to make sure you get lots of light that come through to the, to the suites and all that kind of stuff. Even just, you know, here was one thing that I learned when I was buying the last one, and I learned this through you, is potentially sometimes when you can have some flexibility. Now, this might be only a, a Leduc phenomenon. What you shared this with me is we had a choice to maybe move the garage a little bit. It's a rear lane garage. We have a choice to move the garage closer to the house, right, in the build stage. Is that not, that was correct, wasn't it, Jay? Yeah, yeah. And that's really not um, a, a, you know, a, a Leduc thing. We do that quite a bit in Edmonton. And yeah. where we would do something like that or recommend something like that, Russ, is a home that has a secondary suite in it, yeah. right? So a home that has a lower secondary suite and all we're doing with, with really one stroke of a pen on a plot plan up front is we're increasing the, we're doubling your onsite parking. Yes. Right. And again, what we talked about before about, uh, you know, eliminating or trying to eliminate those co-tenant issues or those tenant issues. If you don't have parking, you know, this is Edmonton. It's, you know, uh, just being real, it's not Toronto or Vancouver. LRTs are here, but they haven't taken off yet. People drive trucks here, you know, and people need parking here and people want parking. And if your property doesn't have parking, you're certainly limiting your tenant ability on the front end. Yeah. No doubt about it. And, and really what we were able to do is we moved the garage a little bit closer to the house. It shrank the, law, the, the grass landscaping a little bit, which was less maintenance for the tenant. But the main thing was it added more space to the apron so you could actually put another vehicle parked on the apron in the back. So you could have potentially two in the garage, two in the apron, and then other things. We had parking for up to six cars. On, on well, that's why I say we we literally doubled the parking yep. because they before you only had two interior, you know, moving that up. Now you have still the two interior in the garage, plus you have two exterior, plus you still have street parking in front. Yeah, uh, you know, but anyone that owns or, or or lives in an environment, you know, with an RPL neighborhood like that, street parking could be a a premium, right? Yeah, and it's not guaranteed. This way, we can actually guarantee our tenants an actual assigned parking stall on site. Yeah. And, and that just, just those little things make a huge difference. And that didn't cost anything that was just done at the, at the beginning. If we had to retrofit that knock a garage down and do a new slab and everything, we're 20 some thousand dollars to put up a new garage. Easy. 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 And like I say, it was literally a stroke of a pen on a, on a plot plan, moving it up. Uh, You know, and in a lot of cases, you know, you're looking at the tenant profile letter, renting these homes, Russ, in these suited homes, they don't want a bunch of yard maintenance anyhow. So shrinking the the yard maintenance situation for them. In a lot of cases, we actually even uh, will pour a cement pad, which is very economical to pour a cement pad in between the house and the garage. And then you you give the tenants a beautiful cement patio for outdoor activities or the the, the, the barbecue area or the lounge area, and you eliminate maintenance, right? It's It's great. Yep. All right. So, and then there's, you know, we could go on and on 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 the whole thing of just things that are selections of types of materials and, you know, why you do aluminum railings and composite deckings, like all those kind of just little things 
that just add up to a big deal at the end. Like it's marginally just a little bit more money on the build, but you're mortgaging 80% of it. But over the long term, you actually don't have to. The maintenance is the big thing, right? Like what are some of your best maintenance saving tips that you you do with when you're when you're looking at some of these properties? Well, I think you nailed some of it, uh, you know, the composite decking and aluminum railing. So any deck that's built today by the majority of home builders, the standard spec is just a treated lumber deck with treated lumber railing. And it's fine for a year or two, you know, uh, no doubt about it. But, you know, what happens uh, with any treated lumber, uh, you know, in, in Alberta uh, with, with weather upon us, you know, and big temperature swings, it warps, it fades, you know, it, it, you know, there's slivers with, with composite decking and aluminum railing. It, 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 it doesn't do any of that, nor do you ever have to paint it again. Uh, you know, fencing, you know, uh, you know, based on architectural guidelines with developers, I like vinyl fencing. Uh, you know, what vinyl fencing is a way to, you know, eliminate maintenance costs down the road. Uh, you know, it's marginally more upfront, you know, however, it doesn't warp. It stands there. It comes with a 50 year warranty. And it's like I say, marginally more right up front. Uh, so, so really, Jay, you kind of just kind of found the really kind of a, the secret sauce formula of you know lot, floor plan, and builders all at the same time. So, so I'm going to transition the conversation here to a little bit about and and you know we potentially could do a little bit of a case study or you've seen this time and time again of maybe somebody that goes out finds a, an older bungalow and then takes the time and effort to then go and put a suite into it and. And then essentially they get a, you know, at the end of it, they get a suited house after that. And nice, it's nicely redone and things like that. But you've shared some case studies with people that really in Edmonton, this is specifically in Edmonton, you're, you might not be much further ahead by doing that route than just buying something already brand new and built. Boy, there's a lot of context to a situation like that. And the the case studies or the examples, I guess, that I've heard or been involved in is uh, at the end of the day, they're spending more money on an older bungalow than they would buy, or, or it's very, very, very close. And looking at, you know, some of the comparables out there where some of the, you know, uh, older bungalows are being sold, you know, in the in the 470 range and, and people trying to renovate and get these values on them. But honestly, we can have a brand new home you know, with legal secondary suite, that's completely bundled up. When I say bundled up, it's got landscaping, fencing, window coverings, you, you know, it's ready to go, ready to hand the keys to a tenant in a lot of cases for a less dollar amount than that. And I'm not going to say that this other way doesn't work because you know what, at the end of the day, I can only share what I do and what I like and what I believe in. And I mean, uh, you know, at the end of the day, all investors have to make their own decision and I'm okay with that. Yeah. But to me, Real estate is typically a long-term investment. People are typically buying a property to keep it, you know, for you know, 10, 15 years. It's part of a larger financial plan, if you will, or part of a retirement plan. And if you are running into property issues in an older property and you're having to put, you know, uh, a furnace into it, if you're having to put windows into it, if you're having to put a roof into it, you know. If you have to mud jack the concrete because it's sunk down, if you have a water leak in the basement because a lot of them don't have sump pumps, you know, there's no sense making cash flow on these properties if you're going to get stuck with a $5,000 bill in year two and another $7,000 in year five. That money should go on your mortgage principal reduction. Yeah. And again, with a new construction property, they are under warranty. 
we can control that stuff. So in a lot of cases, especially in the first couple of years, if there's issues, we phone the builder back, right? And, and a lot of those expenses or issues are pushed back towards the builder. Uh, or we can contact the actual trade that did it and have discussions with them and get it at a significantly reduced, you know, rate. Yeah. Uh, but long term, you know, for, uh, like I say, at least a, up to a 10 year period, there should be no, you're not going to have to put a roof on it. You're not going to have to put a furnace into it. You're not going to have to change the windows out. And those are big ticket items, yeah. right? Essentially, if you, and then if you do the strategy that we will share in another video, you potentially pass that along to the next person. Well, 100%. I mean, you know, when you're, when, even when you're selling these things at a 10 year period, if that's what you're going to keep it, Russ, and that's, what's going to work. And even backing it up into five and seven years, this is an opportunity where you can sell a property that's only 10 years old. They still don't need a roof. They still don't need a, uh, you know, shingles are good. The windows are good. You know, they're, they're not going to get picked apart by an inspection firm. Right. So when you're selling them, you're still selling a solid home. Uh, that's not going to require a lot of capital, uh, you know, upkeep or input you know, from the new buyer. Yeah. And and now I know you can't comment on anywhere across the country, but you do talk to investors throughout the country. And and really that dynamic, I mentioned this before, the dynamic, I call it almost the Edmonton perfect storm at the moment, is that you truly can buy something brand new for almost the same price as you would buy something old and renovated up to the to 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 that. And legal like I guess the best way to say is if you were somebody in if you were somebody in Hamilton, it makes more sense for you to go buy something and then do the work and duplex it because you actually get a big bump in value. In Edmonton, you don't. Yeah, I don't. You don't see that, do you? Well, you can certainly get a bump in value, but I mean, uh, and this kind of probably goes back about just knowing what the investor wants. I mean, if you've got the ability to do all that, Russ, that's one thing. But if you don't, and you live in Vancouver and you're investing in Edmonton. You know, there's a lot of steps involved in buying a bungalow and, and putting a legal secondary suite in it. You know, and there's a lot of risk tied to it as well because anytime you're renovating a property and you're ripping it apart, and uh, you know, there's associated risk with that there's a bunch of what ifs, contingency, if you will. Right? With new construction, we're we're literally starting with a blank slate. You're starting with a piece of engineered land, right? And it, there's so many inspections along the way, you know, from the municipality that. It's almost tough for these guys to screw up, and they, and they, they almost can't. Yeah. You know, so it's in a much more regulated environment, and there's not a lot of what ifs hiding behind the scenes in the new construction product, right? Yeah, yeah. and and there's I would imagine there's there's um, governing bodies around quality and workmanship and stuff like that too, is there not? Oh, one hundred percent. That's why I say the the building code yeah. the the municipality ha- does inspections on these properties almost at every stage. Uh, you know, and gets the green sticker before they can move to the next step. Yeah. You know, so they're they're very closely scrutinized and regulated. Uh, you know, throughout that regular construction process here in Alberta. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, to the best of your knowledge, Jay, um, how many of these new construction properties have you helped investors get into? Like, to be- best guess. Oh, uh, best guess five hundred. Five hundred. So. Suffice it to say, you've cut your teeth on this. This isn't this isn't your first rodeo. No, I mean you've you've we've certainly done a few of them. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's to me, it's it's not a bragging point. To me, yeah. it's 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 pure experience, right? I I do it because I like it. Really, yeah. I like what I do. Uh, you know, and uh, it's easy for me to get up in the morning and 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 and, and put this stuff together. Yeah. Right? But but I'll, 
here's a lot the, of people would probably be bored stiff with it. Well, you you might not brag, but I'll brag for you. Is the point I'm trying to get to is here's somebody who's done close to 500 of these, as opposed to maybe somebody is doing you know has just started doing it. I, that's the point I'm trying to get to is guys put your put your time and effort and trust into somebody that has the experience that can give you the the right the right advice based upon a track record of years. Okay. Okay. Now, now you're, you're sorry for flexing for you here, Jace. I'll yeah, flex for you. you. You're just yeah, too I'll humble. You're too that. humble, brother. <laughs> yeah. Thanks. Um, now you're a licensed realtor, correct? Mm-hmm. Now, why would somebody go through a realtor to buy a new home and not go through, um, just go through the home builder? Boy, there's a, a great question. I think, you know, uh, the licensed realtor aside, a using or relying on someone, I should say, that has gone through the process, you know, literally several hundred times and and understands, you know, the you know, both sides of the fence. And what we're really trying to accommodate here is is highly valuable. Right. Now, there's no disrespect intended whatsoever, but there's a there's a lot of realtors out there that don't understand the new construction process. For whatever reason, Russ, the new construction you know, world and like the realtor world in Edmonton specifically, I can't comment anywhere else, but they don't really communicate or participate a whole bunch uh, very, uh, very well together. And, uh, you know, a, a licensed realtor like myself, we are, you know, uh, putting the buyers, the investors' best interest front and center. We're going to represent the buyer, the investor's interest. We're not representing the builder. The builders know that up front. However, we've got relationships with them because we have to know what product, you know, they're looking at and working on floor plans and stuff like that. But the transaction specifically is in the buyer investor's interest period. Yeah. When you're walking into a show home, you know, these people in most cases are not licensed. So they're not set to the same uh, or held to the same set of standards or regulations that we would be. And I mean, let's face it, they, they do work for the builder. I'm going to light a fire on this again. There's a lot of good sales associates out there in, in the industry. And, and uh, I've got a lot of friends in the industry with it. But, you know, they, they, they also get paid a commission and their best interest is to sell product for that particular builder. Now, I'm not going to zero in when we're bringing, uh, you know, our investors interested in us. We've got several builder relationships. We're going to listen to you and we're going to find the product in the area that matches your budget, your lifestyle, and your long-term financial goals. So that might not be this specific builder. We might have to look at three or four different builders to zero in on the best product that best suits you. Yeah. So at and the end of the day, you're not tied to just one, right? You're, you have uh, you have a multitude a multitude of them. Right. And I mean, if you walk in into any builder show home, of course they're going to want to sell you your stuff. And I appreciate that, and I understand that. I get that 100. percent but at the end of the day, this is not about the builder. This uh, this is an, uh, this is a long term investment. In most cases, this is this is people's retirement plan. Russ, they're either coming up with money off a secured line of credit, as they're taking other investment funds, and they're putting this in this property as part of a long term action plan to build wealth for their family. You know, it's 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 a pretty serious thing. Yeah, yeah, and and correct me if I'm wrong. I'm not the full the technology. Or- all on the, te- on the lingo here, but if somebody works through you as a licensed realtor and you have your own brokerage, the deposits and the money gets held in trust in your brokerage and you have a, and you have a governing body that, you know, if something ever happened to the builder, you can release those funds and stuff like that. Is that correct? 
Well, probably more importantly than that, Russ, is, you know, the, the, the contracts and the transactions that we do are on an area contract. We, we don't use builder contracts. Builder contracts are exactly that. They're, they're a contract that represents, in a lot of cases, the builder's best interest. And again, that's fine. You know, they use them every day. Mom and dad, home buyer that walk into show homes, uh, you know, and a lot of the recourse that's built, or I should say lack of recourse for the buyer that's built into these contracts, you know, is through a uh, way of arbitration through a warranty company or something like that. You know, with the contracts that we use, we've got, you know, recourse and, and remedies built right into it. Uh, you know, and again, all of that aside, just really protecting the buyer's interest in an airtight transaction. Yeah. Now, all of that said, Russ, we have very, very rarely ever run into a circumstance with any of our builder relationships. Yeah. And as I alluded to earlier, you know, I, I really screen these guys. It's not, we're just not going to go uh, fire up a relationship with someone that we don't trust. And there's not only the product and a lot of availability and all that sort of stuff. Someday, soon, you're going to come write an offer on a new construction property and six to eight months down the road, we're going to hand a set of keys to your property manager. Right now, if your property manager is set up for success and able to rent that property quickly, you know, that's great. But if your property manager has any tenant issues or anything, we need to be able to work with a builder that has a great service department on the backside. Yeah. Right. And the only way to learn that really is to, you know, get in and, and try one two, lead with trust, you know, and buy in with a, a builder relationship and just monitor the experience. And uh, again, if it's not good, we're probably not going to do any more business with them. Right. If it's good, absolutely. We've got lots of investor clients from across Canada that are really starting to buy into this new construction concept yeah. because it works. Yeah, and you've had examples of the builders coming by and they were in the area and you had something, I think it was with some soffit you you had mentioned at one time. And, and they came in, even though it was technically out of the period, they came and just did it anyways for you, just because of the relationship that you have, right? Yeah, 100%. I mean, they're, uh, I, I like to say, you know, putting a customer's needs out front, which is nice to see, you know, and in a lot of cases, you know what, investors that are coming, you know what, and we're all in the same boat, we're all acquiring, you know, assets, you know, typically Russ, most investors aren't coming to buy one property. And if an investor has a good experience, you know, with a, with a relationship and has a, a good experience with that home builder after the fact, the chances are pretty good that you might line up for a second or third one or fourth one with them, right? So it's, it's, uh, it makes sense. Well, I'll tell you what, once you actually get the experience of buying one of these new constructions, you might not, you might not look, you'll look at real estate differently. And, and maybe, I think maybe on the next video we'll shoot here, Jay, is maybe we'll share some strategies for people that are out of town coming to buy in another town and, and we'll alleviate some fears. And, and quite frankly, I actually recommend it in some cases. You, you know, if you lived in the same place as where you invest, you'd be driving by it every night and, you know, and all that kind of stuff. And and especially if you're where you live is not does not make sense. Like I'm in a suburb of Vancouver. It's very rare that you can find a cash flowing property. But less than a plane ride away in Edmonton, we can find cash flow properties quite quite regularly. And it's quite there's quite a few of them available in a new construction variety. So Jay, um, we could probably go on and on, but what I think I'm going to do is I think we have at least another two or three more segments that I want to record for you, uh, with you here. Are you okay if we do we do a couple more um, recordings, you and I? Yeah, absolutely. It's it's spreading the word for us. It's, yeah. uh, at the end of the day, I think you and I are on that same page where we see, you know, and I, I think I've had that ability to sit here in a real estate brokerage and see 
you know, over the course of 20 years of people buying the wrong properties and, and not getting to their financial goals. And I'm seeing people, you know, getting there much quicker in this environment. And, uh, at the end of the day, I think if we can help people get, you know, to where they want to go, you know, by sharing our experience and actually just helping them get what they want, that's what it's all about. It seems to work for me, Russ, and I'm, I'm going to stick to it. Uh, you know, that, that karma comes full circle. Well, maybe on one of these segments, what we'll do is we'll bring a client in. Well, I guess we do. I'm, I'm, I'm a client. I'm buying properties from you. And, and I'm, well, let's put it this way. I be, I'm a believer in the product. And that's the reason yeah. why we're having these conversations. It's 100% what I recommend people buy too, whether you're brand new or whether you've been an investor for many, many years, right? I highly recommend yeah. you take a look at that. Um, okay, so what is some of the next step? If somebody's interested, they've maybe watched these few things, maybe they'd want to have a conversation. What is? How does somebody take a next step here, Jay? Yeah, I think the first step for me, I'm a little old-fashioned that way. I mean, you you can log on to our website, tryurban.com, and uh, and look at the different property types on there. But at the end of the day, you know, to to really get moving forward, I, the old-fashioned part comes in with a with a phone call. I, I just really. What I want to do is I want to understand where real estate fits and what you're trying to achieve with it. Uh, you know, listen, I'm not going to try and sit here and sell you anything. It's uh, if I can understand what you're trying to achieve with it, I can make some solid recommendations on this end. You know, with property types and understanding your budget where that's at, and we can now look, you know, sit and look at some of the lot, the floor plans, and cash flow analysis, and make sure this makes sense. So. Not only on top of that, we need to make sure that that property that you select also fits your lifestyle because you can get a property that cash flows a ton. However, there's a lot more time input required from either you or your manager. You know, and there's other things like, are you going to be using a secured line of credit to source the down payment? And does that interest cost need to be held in that property or out of the cash flow of that property? You know, we need to understand that. You just want to buy something and and you don't need income now. This is a long-term thing. You want to have a nice, easy, enjoyable ride. Great. We've got properties for that. And then the last thing is, you know, we just get you hooked up with, with the power team here. We have, you know, not only builders are certainly, and, and developers and construction teams are a um, huge part of our network on this side. But that also extends into, you know, uh, mortgage brokers and insurance providers and, you know, con contractors, I guess, that you're going to need undoubtedly owning real estate. We've got that trusted team on the ground. And these are people that I personally use, Russ. They're people that I recommend for you to use. And you know who I'm talking about. So, you know, these people have a great track record of producing, uh, you know, good results for our customers. And I can share that. So if anyone's looking at investing in Edmonton, you know, long distance, don't worry about all that stuff. We'll get on a phone call. We'll get on a conference call and just go through the steps and the relationships and really just tie it all together for you in a nice, tight, accountable online yeah. process. Yeah, I think we'll we'll put that into a next a next video on some maybe some strategies for out of town people to come in. But really think about it. It's guys, it's it starts off with a consultation. You take a very consultive approach to this to make sure that it has to fit. Then you actually truly have a, a, a truly a one-stop shop under one roof. Like if really think about it. It's it's and if you even think about it, even with, you know, a guy, a bald guy from Vancouver about maybe some education, you even have an education under there as well. Right. So. <laughs> right. So, guys, I know a lot of yeah, a lot of 100%. clients, a lot of clients that have bought properties and now they're now looking about, well, how do I learn how to do a joint venture to get more money partners to do that? And then that's where they come to me and I help yeah. them free up more capital to go buy more of these because they go, man, this just makes sense. How do I get access to more?
right? Well, I think it's that confidence, Russ. It's the confidence of going through it and people understand it. And then once you have confidence and believe in it, it's easy to sit in front of, and, and don't kid yourself, people will will feel that confidence and that ability off you when you're sitting in front of a joint venture partner, right? But it all starts with with doing it. And, uh, you know, this is a no-rush process on this end. And, and quite frankly, you know, uh, the majority of our stuff are pre-bills. There's very rarely we're going to walk out and find something short-term, you know, because we're always cherry-picking that right lot. So, you know, it's, 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 it's planning today and you're going to take your asset. Right now, we're scheduling bills into, you know, May and June already for next year. So if you're you're looking at something today, chances are you're going to take possession of it. And we do that on purpose, by the way, because if you look in Edmonton, we get old man winter here every year. We time our completions, you know, in between, you know, March 1st and the end of September every year for that exact reason, because we want the properties to hit the front lines for tenants when the tenants are on the move and wanting to move and, and wanting properties, right? It yeah. just makes sense. Yeah. And you're not going to potentially put anybody into a property that's going to close in like October, November, or December. That just doesn't make sense when we want to put some tenants. Like <laughs> that's, that it, could it, be another it, conversation. It, it, I mean, it's not that it doesn't happen, Russ. It happens because, you know, in the new construction, there are some delays that are out of our control. But, you know, uh, again, uh, the, the, you know, right now we're looking at properties mainly for next year. There are some available for this year yet, but we're mainly looking right now to get really the, the, the everything uh, ready for, you know, like I say, next year when the tenants are on the move. So guys, I think there's a really cool window of opportunity here right now that you potentially could negotiate on some properties right now in the current environment, lock down some pricing today and not take possession of it for truly almost a year from now. So I think we have a little cool little window here right now. And I know you're not going to tell us, sit here and Jay, you're going to, well, there's only seven of these available. You're not going to say that. But I really think that there is a window here, guys, that I think we should be making hay while the sun is shining. I think there's an opportunity for us to lock down some really good pricing today, not take possession of it for the future. And really the next step from here, as Jason said, is really simple. So if you are watching this on video, there will be a link somewhere around this video where you can just click that link, fill in a little bit of information. You can get access to eventually access to have a call with Jason. Or if you're listening to this on podcast, probably where you're listening to it, there will be a link there. Click on that link. Um, Fill in what you're looking for, then check out the website, go find out maybe a model and just educate yourself a little bit. But you're totally fine to have conversations with people just to walk them through the process of what's right for them. Yeah, 100%. You, yeah. you, you have to. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you, you know, it's, 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 a, it's a committed relationship. I've always said that, you know, people, uh, you know, are committing to, you know, invest in, in Edmonton real estate and new construction and you know, we'll commit to the time and effort required to make sure that they get that right asset. And again, that fits their current lifestyle and will fit their long-term financial goals, right? right? And it takes a little bit of planning up front. It's not overwhelming. It's, it's really a couple phone calls and, you know, emails back and forth and just gaining a really good understanding. And, uh, uh, you know, it, it kind of flows into place from there. Yeah. Okay. So I think we'll leave it there. Um, Jason, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to twist your arm multiple times to get you on a video and do some recording with you because you just have in that big giant head of yours of, of wisdom, you just have so much knowledge that I think you're just you're one of the best kept treasures and best kept secrets that are out there that I want to I want to share your wisdom with more people. So are you are you OK if we have a few more of these recordings, Jay? 
Yeah, Russ, I'm I'm getting used to it. I you know me. Uh, I'm just not that public guy. I'm not the the guy to sit in front of the camera very often and do this right. But so what it, you know, I'm the joke is I'm what, learning. Yeah. So the joke is you and I have a, a good face for radio. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> if we could do this without the cameras, that would be good. But at the end of the day, you know what? I'm 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 learning to, you know what, just give my opinion. And I know there's people out there that aren't gonna like it. And I'm okay with that. If you don't like it, great. Don't don't watch, don't buy. It's it's all good. Do what you want. But you know, for for those people, I guess, that are interested in, you know, maybe learning from my experience and mistakes, I'm willing to share that. And you know what? If it blossoms into a good friendship and uh, you know, I guess that's where I'm looking at it from is it's, it's long-term it's, uh, you know, uh, you get to know these people and, and you become friends really. And, uh, you know, having friends across the nation that all own real estate, uh, I tell you what, it, it's never lack of conversation. If you ever get to go for dinner or coffee or a beer, you, you always got something great to talk about, right? Yeah. That's pretty fun. Yeah. Pretty fun stuff. And I, and I said in the last video, and I'll say it again here, if you ever get a chance to shake Jason's hand. That is a experience you will never forget. So, great. so Jason, for that up here. <laughs> Jason, one last time, just I'm, I'm always every time I get a chance to talk to you, I, I've, I feel like I'm a better person for it because because of our, our depth of our friendship, the depth of who you are. And I, I'm really I really love to see who you show up always. And, I, and I'm, I'm proud of you for stepping up into something that's uncomfortable for you. And uh, you're making a commitment to do that, even though it, it's uncomfortable, you're doing it anyway. So I'm really proud of you for doing this. Appreciate that. Thank yeah. you. Yeah, okay, guys. Yeah. So if you are interested in taking the next step, stay tuned, more is coming. And there should be a link around this video if you are interested in taking the next step. Okay, guys, talk to you soon. Bye for now. Over and out. Thank you. All right. So what did you think? Wasn't that a wonderful story? And you know what? It's really refreshing to hear um, perspective from an expert, somebody. And I think Jason mentioned in this episode that he's transacted or helped investors transact close to 500 of these properties. And that's the kind of person I want on my team. That's the kind of person I want um, giving me advice. That's the kind of person I want to go to get um, counsel from. You know, there's um, lots of people that will say that they maybe can help you buy a new construction property. Um, a couple things. One, they might not own one themselves. And number two is maybe they haven't transacted a lot of them. And maybe what they do is they just go find any old builder and they haven't known the details and the nuances that is required to, to factor in what an investor needs. That's really what the crux of this is, is to really find out... Um, you know, take a hard look at, at what you're doing within real estate. And the one thing you want to take a hard look at is, are you measuring your time? Like one of the big mistakes I, I see people make is they will sit there and go, well, I'm going to tackle this big giant project. I'm going to tackle this reno project or this flip or this burr. And then I say, that's awesome. I think, you know, quite frankly, you should. And people should do it. But then I'll ask a question is, uh, what do you do? What's your work? What's your profession? How much time do you have? Are you able to commit to the process? Are you able to spend all this additional time with that? And usually the answer comes down to is no. Um, to do those kind of strategies is really best served for somebody who is a full-time, full-time in the business of real estate investing. Now, here's a wonderful opportunity that you maybe can take advantage of the end product 
similar if you did the work, or you can maybe just go buy a product that's already done uh, by with some help from somebody who has had um, all these years experience, who's transacted more than 500 places and knows the ins and outs and knows bad ones from the good ones and will point you in the right direction. Okay, guys. So if you are interested in maybe um, checking out maybe a new construction property, um, by all means, wherever you're listening or watching this episode, jump in. There will be a link. Um, all you have to do is there's no, it's a no obligation link. Just click that on. Maybe just answer a couple simple questions, find out maybe what your interest level is and maybe what type of a product that you'd be interested in have. And then Jason will open up his, some of his time for a consultation with you. Okay, so hope you guys have yourself a wonderful day. And this is just truly the the start of things. Like I, I, I'm very proud of Jason. Like so, here's a guy who's been in the business for over 20 years, and he's stepping up. He's he's elevating his game to take it to the next level. To start shooting videos, to start doing podcast episodes, to start sharing his wisdom and distributing his message to a larger audience. So, Jason, I hope you watch this. I shared how proud I was of you in this video, and I really am proud of you. How you're stepping up and how you're sharing your vision, your wisdom, all the years of experience you have to a wider audience. So I'm proud of you. And there's a huge lesson for many of you if you're watching this, maybe especially if you've been around the block a few times, maybe you've been in the business for 20 years and you're sitting there going, holy moly, I've got all this wisdom and experience. And how do I share this message? If you guys need some help on distributing your message, I can help you out with that too. So I imagine there'll probably be some kind of a contact information or contact link around where you're watching this or listening to this. And by all means, if you're interested, reach out, have a conversation and consultation with myself. I'd love to be able to help you and see if we can get you in the right direction and, and help you not become the best kept secret out there in the market anymore. Okay, guys, hope you're having yourself a wonderful day. And remember, in every interaction you have with another person, always leave them feeling inspired, encouraged, and have them know that you came from a place of love. Bye for now, everybody. Thank you for listening to the Russell Westcott podcast. Before you run off, could you do us one final favor? Wherever you're listening to this episode, we encourage you to leave a review, share with your friends and subscribe so you can receive the latest episode to keep you feeling inspired and encouraged for the entire week. Visit www.russellwestcott.com for more information, support resources and upcoming speaking engagements near you. Bye for now.